Welcome to the Purposeful Wealth Podcast, the go-to podcast on how to bring clarity, contentment and certainty to your financial life. Brought to you by Jonathan Gibson, founder of Wells Gibson and author of the Purposeful Wealth book. Pick up your copy of Purposeful Wealth on Amazon and please enjoy this show. Welcome to this episode from the Purposeful Wealth podcast, where today we will consider the unhelpful noise of short-term investment performance. It has been said investing is simple, but not easy. And I'm sure you have either heard me say that or write that before. The decision to invest in the first place requires foresight, as well as the discipline to deny spending today so that you don't have to make compromises which impact on your desired lifestyle in retirement. The second is deciding how much you want, need, and are able to invest in the great companies of the world, as it's these that will act as the drivers of positive portfolio returns to help fund your future lifestyle. Getting this right is key, and it's where good financial planners can add real value. Next, an investor really needs to decide on the broad structure of their bond and equity components of their portfolio. In other words, how much of your portfolio do you want represented by loans to governments and companies, and how much of your portfolio do you want represented by ownership of the great companies of the world? A good place to start for equities or shares is the structure of the global markets, which defines the basic country, sector and company weights and offers broad diversification. As Eugene Fama, who won the Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences, said in a recent webinar, you need to be able to talk your way out of a market cap weighted portfolio. And by this, he means that Really, any decision to move away from this structure needs to be based on evidence and provide a good chance to improve the risk and return characteristics of the portfolio. And I would suggest that the simplest answer to a complex problem is often the most effective. Keeping it simple is key, and it certainly is the case in investing. So start with market capitalization. The final step is picking funds to implement your chosen investment strategy. Yet for many do-it-yourself investors, this is one of the first steps they take heading to these best buy fund lists in the Sunday papers or some investment website. And believe me, this really is where the fun and danger start. Some funds usually measured over short timeframes such as three years can have a great looking track record. And at this point, many investors' decisions are driven by common behavioral biases, hindsight bias being the most obvious. It's so easy to identify a fund that has done well in the past, but try picking a fund that will do well in the years ahead. The point is that that as an investor, trying to extrapolate the past into the future is rarely a successful strategy, certainly not a strategy in which you want to be depending your future lifestyle on. And the fear of missing out is strong, but it needs to be resisted. Overconfidence in the ability to pick a market-beating fund manager really does go against the grain of the, the bulk of the evidence we have to hand. 
Over the past 20 years, for example, over 85% of all US equity funds failed to beat the market index. Only around one third actually survived the whole period. Different parts of the markets do well at different times, but no one really knows who the future winners are, not even the professionals themselves. Naive investors take good short-term performance as a sign of skill, yet the reality is that much of the seemingly good performance may be down to the part of the market that has performed well, that happens to gel with the style of a specific fund. There's an old industry saying, in fact, that says markets pick managers, not the other way around. Good performance may also simply be luck. You need at least 16 years of performance data to be 95% certain that skill rather than luck is the driver of any outperformance, even for highly skilled fund managers. Three or five year performance records are largely worthless in identifying good funds, yet that is where best buy lists and many independent financial advisors tend to focus. Please take note of this. Please listen. One example of the noise investors face is the Spot the Dog report published by Best Invest every six months. Often highlighted in the Sunday papers, this will name and shame a list of funds which they coin as dogs and that have performed poorly relative to a broad market benchmark over three years. And at the same time, pedigree funds are celebrated based on strong recent outperformance. By and large, the dogs were value funds made up of cheaper companies relative to some fundamental company metric, and the pedigree funds were growth-orientated, in other words, more expensive companies in their latest report. Over the three years, growth companies in general outperformed value companies. But without this context, investors risk making decisions based on hindsight, picking investment styles that have done well, and potentially lucky managers within those styles. However, so far this year, many of those UK dogs are now outperforming the so-called pedigree funds as value companies have performed better than growth companies. Investors Chronicle also tends to provide an annual top 100 funds list by broad investment category. Its 2012 global growth list identified nine funds and investment trusts. Over the past 10 years, only two of the nine selected funds beat the market index, but did so handsomely. But they are both highly concentrated, high conviction funds holding just a handful of companies, so not particularly well diversified. One of the funds suffered a fund-specific 50% vol in value within the period, which would really, really take a strong stomach to live with. And the other fund has experienced a couple of years of explosive growth simply driven by a handful of companies and one particular electric car manufacturer. The issue is, or the question is, will they continue to do so well in the future? Well, the truth is no one knows, not even the the managers of these funds and certainly not the pundits creating these best buy lists. And that's my point. Basing your investment strategy on, I don't really know, seems a bit like gambling, in my opinion. Capturing the return of markets with a well-diversified, low-cost, systematic fund or funds makes perfect sense and allows you as an investor to ignore all of the noise which is created by Best Buy list and short-term performance tables. And at Wells Gibson, we call it authentic investing.
Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Purposeful Wealth. Please remember to subscribe, review and come back next week for your next instalment. You can also visit the wellsgibson.uk website for more information on bringing clarity, contentment and certainty to your financial life. The Purpose for Wealth podcast is powered by Wells Gibson Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. This podcast does not constitute financial advice and the listener should not regard any of the financial information provided as a personal recommendation. The advice and strategies highlighted might not be suitable for every situation. It is your responsibility to seek the services of a competent professional if assistance is required. Neither Wells Gibson Limited nor the publisher shall be liable for damages arising herefrom. Investments involve risks. The investment return and principal value of an investment may fluctuate so that an investor's shares, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than the original value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. There is no guarantee strategies will be successful.